Hey everyone, I want to talk about a couple games from tonight. Well, actually, yesterday I'm recording this in the morning, the day after the games. I'm actually outside right now, so if you hear any like trucks or birds or whatever, my bad. Actually, it's not really my bad. I can't control the, I can't control like the trucks going by or the birds, you know. I mean, I guess I could control it just by not being outside, but, like, I'm outside and it just is what it is. Um, the first, I want to talk about the Jazz and the Clippers first, just because I think, I think that matters more than the other three series so far. And the reason it matters is, you know, for the longest time, we, everyone saw the Jazz and were like, yeah, but when they run into a superstar, they don't have a superstar to match up with those teams. And Donovan Mitchell, with the way he's been playing recently, and even last, even like the last bubble, although he did kind of fall off. Like he had like those great like two, three games, two, three, four games. But then like the other games, he wasn't like amazing or like that good. And um, but like right now, he's been playing amazing. That Memphis series, he was really good, and now. He's just been dominant. 45 points. Then he, I think he had 37 or something like that tonight. 36, 37. Uh, his playmaking's good. He's got like this really quick in and out dribble that always freezes like a bad defender. And like if you're doing a pick and roll, that defender, like a, not pick and roll. I, yeah, pick and roll, but like you're hunting someone. So like if they're hunting Kennard or Zubak or Morris, the way like. That that defender, he's gonna try hedging and getting back to his guy, but if they switch even for a second, he can catch them with that in and out move, and get to the basket or you know, uh, uh, what's it called? Freeze freeze them for a little, freeze them for a little bit, and you know, hit a jumper, and he's been doing that the entire series. Like he got Canard at the end for that again and made a nice little like running. Uh, floater off the bank so he's just been dominant you know he's making the right decisions and you know what the what if you look at their spacing it's so easy for him to make the right play because they have an elite screener and role man in Rudy Rudy his uh hands could get better but like they they do have that and then they have Royce O'Neal, 40% from three. McDonavich, high volume, like contested 40% from three guy. Joe Ingles, I think, led the league in three-point shooting. Clarkson, he can get on fire. Niang, 40%. Mike Conley was probably 40%. He didn't play tonight, obviously, but like he has a 40% three-point shooter. Like, you know what I mean? So he just he just has so many people next to him that can shoot. And also initiate the offense like he doesn't have to always be that guy you know Ingles can be that guy Bogdanovich can be that guy Mike Conley can be that guy Cole Arkson can be that guy they've even had like Niang bring up some uh not bring bring up some some possessions they've had they've had him bring up the ball occasionally and like set the offense up real quick um so he he's just in the perfect spot to flourish and he's been doing it you know tonight and the and the thing with him i like is 
he he's eliminated not eliminated but he's he's toned down like those long twos and turned them into threes now he's taking like at least 10 plus threes a game i want to check what he took last game so tonight he took 12 threes what did he do last game i ran out of i ran out of like the high speed so like my internet's going my data's going a little bit slow. Whew. He took 12 threes tonight, made six of them. And he's become a really good shooter, like, especially off the dribble. That's something, like, a Devin Booker and Bradley Beal have to work on. I mean, he had 45. He took 15 threes last game. That's insane. Like, that's exactly how he needs to be playing it. You know, Rudy, great screen. He comes off, pull up three. Money. And he's got a great form, too. I love his form. Um, and defensively, like, people keep talking about Rudy. You know, oh, the, he gets run off the floor. No, not really. He has a problem with, like, quick guards. But if you're talking about, like, him on, like, Marcus Morris or something, yeah, he can guard him. And they don't really have anyone quick or anything. I guess Terrence Mann, but Terrence Mann isn't a great shooter. And for some reason, Tyloo just doesn't like playing him. But, yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about this series was specifically about the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell. Just because I think he's... I don't I don't think he's a superstar. I still don't think he's a superstar. But he's playing like one, and he's got, he's, he's got the ceiling of one. I think if he wants to be... I think if he's going to be a true superstar, he has to... Either start getting to the line eight, like seven, eight, nine times a game, or become a better playmaker. He's improved as a playmaker, but he hasn't gotten like enough better. Enough better? That does that make any sense? No. Better enough? He hasn't gotten enough better. He hasn't improved enough for it to be considered great. You know. Um, I think he's making like the simple reads, but I don't think he's making like the, like the elite reads. And I think that's like people try comparing him to Wade, and I do think there is like a quickness and explosiveness, explosiveness to their games that is very similar. They use a lot of the same moves, and the difference really is like Wade was six four, two hundred twenty pounds. He could muscle you. He had a post up game. I uh, could get to the line 11 times, 10, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 times a game. You know, the, in that Maverick series, I think the last four games he got to the line 20 times a game. So, like, that's the type of stuff he could do. Uh, Mitchell, on the other hand, is 6-1. You know, he's strong, but he's strong for a 6-1 guy. And, you know, he's explosive. But he doesn't have a post-up game. He doesn't get to the line. And what, what he does instead is he has a three-point shot. So that that's what he has. Like you see, the similarities for sure. But aside from that, like Wade was an excellent defender, and on top of that, he was a like I don't know elite playmaker, but he was like right on the line of elite playmaker. That's that's what the difference is between those two guys right now. Uh, but if Donovan can get to like if like I don't think Donovan's gonna keep scoring forty one points a game. Like that's what he's doing in the series. But I don't know, but if if he can just be like 
now an elite 30 point scorer like the Jazz have a chance of winning a championship this year especially if um, what's it called Mike Conley comes back Boyan's averaging 17 points a game on 11 shots that's pretty funny he's only taken 22 shots in 2 games that's wild Donovan has taken 59. The next closest guy is Jordan Clarkson off the bench with 33. So a 26-shot difference. That's what you like That's what you like to see. He's got a 42% usage rate. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they definitely need Mike Bat- Or maybe the... I don't know, because... You know, people love talking about, like, oh, you have to arrest these guys and... I, that is true to an extent, but I've never worried about that with, like, a young, young guy. I don't think that's true. I think you need that second guy not because, like, for rest purposes when you have a young guy like Donovan or Luca, but you need that second guy so when they put all their attention on Donovan, he's kick, like someone else is initiating and scoring and doing, like, something good with the basketball. And I don't think, without Mike Conley, they don't really have that second guy like that. Ooh. The other guy that's playing really well is Rudy. 12 points, 16 rebounds. He's making his free throws. Like At the end of the game, I think it was maybe a five, six point, like five point game or something like that. You know, the, he got the ball. It's like, shit. They're going to foul him. He's going to miss both of them, and that's going to be very embarrassing because if they make another three, now that's like a real game. Um, But, you know, he knocked one out of two down, and I think he got the steal on the other end. But, you know, he's made 11 out of 16. That's pretty good for Rudy. For the Clippers, on the Clippers side, it's very funny, honestly, because... When the Clippers formed, it was like, okay, we have Patrick Beverly, we have Paul George, we have Kawhi Leonard, and we added Marcus Morris. He's tough. He's a fine defender. You know, we have all these guys that can stop you from getting a bucket. And it's like, no, they don't have those guys. You know, like the reason Paul, like Kawhi joined Paul, like had Paul George on that team is, okay, I can relax and you can guard like the best guys. And Paul George can't do that anymore. Paul George has gone from an all-NBA defender to, like, pretty good. He's fine. He's not elite anymore, though. Like, there were times he's going under screens on Donovan Mitchell, and he's getting shook up and giving up wide-open threes. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Kawhi can't be... Like, Kawhi joined him as, like, like, yo, you play defense and you score 20 to 25 points a night and just let me be, like, that elite scorer and closer... But now Kawhi has to be the guy guarding Donovan Mitchell, too. He's the guy that has to fucking guard Luka as well. So, like, Kawhi has to do everything again on both ends of the floor. Like, the whole point of this team was so Kawhi doesn't have to do that, except for, like, in big, huge moments. Instead, you know, Patrick Beverly is on nothing now. Rondo didn't even play. Terrence Mann, for some reason, isn't playing. Terrence Mann is built for this type of game where he can, like, you know, run up and down in transition. He can guard Donovan. He can switch on to Donovan. He can knock down an open three. He can initiate the offense. He can push in transition. You know, he's hustle. He'll get the rebounds. 
and I don't even have I don't even necessarily have a problem with Kennard playing. Like I think Kennard deserves to play because of his shooting, his playmaking. But they're playing him at the wrong fucking times. There's no reason for Kennard to be out there closing games because for twenty straight fucking possessions, all Donovan Mitchell's gonna do is, you know, have Kennard's man set a screen and he's gonna hunt him. And that's all he's been doing. He's been doing it. So you play him like 12, 15, 20 minutes, and not 30 fucking minutes, especially not when it's time to close the game out. So, you know, it's interesting. Like, one of my friends was talking about uh, the Clippers, you know, they stink. And I'm like, yeah, they stink, but half the time I'm watching them, I'm like, they're too talented across the board to stink. But the problem is, I don't like half their players on that team. Like, I've talked about this before. I don't like Marcus Morris. I don't think Marcus Morris belongs on this team. Like, there's no need for him. There's no need for Patrick Beverly on this team. There's no, like, real reason for Reggie Jackson on this team. All all Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris do is take the ball away from Paul George and Kawhi. And Marcus Morris, like, he's he hasn't been a good defender for them. He's slow-footed. Like, they, like the reason they assembled this team was we're going to guard LeBron like this. And they never got a chance to guard LeBron. Now they're guarding all these young guys, and they can't guard them because they're too quick for them. So, you know, Zubak is fine. Cousins, like, sure, whatever. Um, Batum, I do like on this team. I think he has he's proven to be, like, a really good, solid role player. Uh, so that's fine. But the players that play big minutes on this team, like, I don't like half of them. Um, and they're too reliant on them. Like, Marcus Morris, in that game where he took, I think, seven or eight shots in that fourth quarter alone, and he went, like, one for seven, one for eight. So we'll see what the Clippers do for game three. One interesting thing I noticed is the Bucks and the, the Nets game, they're getting so many days off. Like, this game was, I think, they last played on Monday, right? That's when they played? Yeah, they played game two on Monday. So, game three was on Thursday. That's two days off. And the next time they play is on Sunday. So, that's another two days off. But the Jazz and the Clippers... And... Hold up. Yeah, so that's... What is that? Uh, Four days off for two games? Yeah, and the Jazz and the Clippers played Thursday. And then they're playing again on Saturday. And when's their game four? Yeah, game four is on, uh, what's it called, Monday. So they they're, they got to play two games in f- two days off. So that doesn't make much sense to me. You know, I get that they want to have Nets, Bucks on Sunday and like the prime time games. But that still doesn't make any sense. Like, I feel like round one should be one day off. But rounds two, three, and the finals, they should everyone should be getting two days off. Like, how is a team supposed to play a game, then the next day not just rest up, like, go over everything and work it out on the court, like, the adjustment that they're going to make? How are, they gonna, how are they supposed to do all of that? They need at least two days off. Like, the first round one day, that makes sense because if you make it two days, the players would just go on for, like, three fucking months. And 
Like, I love the playoffs, but I don't want to do three months of the playoffs. Um, or maybe I do. Maybe it would be, like, two games a day instead of, like, three or four. And No, nah, no, nah, I think it's two. I think one day is fine. One day for the first round is fine. Two games after that. Like, that just makes sense. Like, why, why are the Bucks and the Nets getting so many more days off? Like, if I was the Clippers and the Jazz, I would be fucking upset about it. Maybe not the Jazz, because if you if you really look at the series, the Jazz are just so much fresher than the Clippers. The Clippers are drained. You know, they they look like corpses out there half the time. But that, that's just the breaks. Like, sometimes that happens. It just is what it is. Um, and, you know, like, the Clippers have a lot of excuses for why they're down. And, honestly, I don't care. I really don't care. Like, it just, it's the playoffs. I don't care about any of the excuses. I don't care about, you know, Kawhi and Paul George dealing with some, like, leg injuries. I don't care about, oh, they went seven games, so of course they're down right now. I don't care. None of that matters. Maybe you should have taken care of business sooner in the first round. So, I don't want to hear any of the excuses. Like, they're, if they lose the series, they are, they're going to have to make some big changes on that team. They're going to have to bring in some guys or they're going to have to trade one of their... Not, I don't know if Kawhi is going to leave, but I'm sure he wants to see improvement. So we'll see what they do in the offseason if they happen to lose the series. But you never know because Ty Lue is like a great adjustment guy. Maybe he just needs like more than a one-game sample size to see what is and isn't working. Ooh. All right, let's get to the Bucks and the Nets. And I just I only have a couple of thoughts on this game. Uh, you know, the Bucks started off like 32-11. And I was like, okay, it's going to be one of those games. They're just going to pounce on them. And then they scored like two points for like seven, eight minutes. It was insane. And my only thoughts from this are, I think Kevin Durant, they were too relying on Kevin Durant. You know, they have Kyrie Irving out there. When Kevin Durant's not going off like he normally is, like, Maybe let the other, like, offensive superstar get the ball more. Like, I think I think they were using KD a little too much. Um, the other thought is, I think KD got some pretty good looks. He just missed them. This is a game that... No, okay, I just want to get some other thoughts, I guess. If if and when the Bucks lose this series, they are going to have earned it because of the way they've played. It's not going to be because the Nets are just this juggernaut of a team. They're not. They don't have James Harden. They're not this juggernaut of a team right now. The reason they're going to lose this series is because of what the Bucks are doing on offense. It's it's honestly pathetic what they're doing on offense. Like Giannis, eight fucking threes. Are you insane? Why are you taking that many threes? And half of those threes, Brooke Lopez has like Joe Harris or Kyrie on him. And the, and, you know, I understand if you don't want to post up Brooke Lopez when KD's on him. But if anyone else is on him, you have to post him up. If they have Bruce Brown on him, you go post him up. If they have Joe Harris on him, you post him up. If they have Kyrie on him, you post him up. But instead, no, Giannis has to take a 28-foot-3 that has, like, almost no chance of going in. I think he was. I think he's now 4 for 38. 30, yeah, th- 4 for 38. In the playoffs. And the other thing is. The free throws. Like it's getting insane man. 
it's getting insane how terrible he is at the line. Stop making your pregnant girlfriend run all them fucking laps if you're still going to be ass at the line. If I was, if I was, I don't know her name, like the young woman. I think, I don't even think, I don't think it's his wife. I think it's his girlfriend. Yeah, I think it is his girlfriend. I don't know her name. Like, I've seen her face because they do like the little TikTok videos thing. But if I were her, I'd be fucking pissed. You made me run while carrying your child. And you're still going like two for seven. You're airballing. You're getting 10 seconds called on you. What the fuck did I do all that for? So that's something he has to work on. And like, I think he just needs to think less. I feel like he's bouncing the ball a little too much. He's doing like the... Or he needs to do like the... At least like the breathing part beforehand. Because he gets the ball. And he takes like a couple deep breaths. Then he bounces the ball like seven, eight times. And then he shoots it. Maybe he should just do like the breathing part earlier. So like that doesn't count on the, you know, timing. And now he has like another like three, four seconds. He'll still be at like 25 seconds with the ball. But it'll be less. Um, The other thing... That's going to cost them the series. Is they take horrible shots. They take like. Like pull up threes. With 20 seconds left on the shot clock. Brooke Lopez will do it. Drew Holiday will do it. Middleton will do it. It's insane. And they're not good enough to be doing that. Like the only one that's good enough to do that is. Chris Middleton and that's it. Drew Holiday takes some horrible shots. You know Brooke took some horrible threes. Giannis should never be taking threes. Um, so yeah, like I think they're gonna earn, they're gonna earn it when they lose this series. Uh, Chris had a great game though. Giannis was okay. I didn't think Giannis was that good. Um, just because it infuriated me how many free throws he missed and how many threes he took, especially like I said when Brook is wide open and. Adjustments-wise on defense, I didn't really see a lot. I didn't really see a lot. Like, they had zero times when Giannis was guarding KD, which makes sense. Because if Giannis is just going to get put in the blender, maybe just, you know, conserve him as, like, a help defender, and maybe he has more energy on offense. Even though he's got no skills. Like, let's just be honest about it. He's got no skills on offense. And one thing that, like, the first two possessions that he had, the first one... He took it at Blake Griffin and he did like a finger roll and it missed. And that's the type of shot you see when players start getting older that they take. But now you see even like younger and younger players start doing that. Because the next possession down, same type of play, same exact same situation. Blake there, and Giannis dunked it. Giannis was like, no, oh yeah, I can dunk this ball. That's what he needs to be doing more. It can't be like those little soft floaters or like the uh, trying layups and shit. No, fucking dunk it. You're 25 fucking years old. You're in your prime. You're in your athletic prime. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be having games with 10 dunks. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you should be putting Blake Griffin in the basket. Um, Giannis also has this move where uh, he's going to try running at you. But at like last second, he's going to post up. And he always loses the ball when he does this. Like he hits, he hits the player with uh, the, his shoulder, and I guess he loses control for a second, and the ball pops loose every fucking time, every time. 
Uh, the other thing was, you know, Drew made a big shot. Um, I didn't think he was going to get that, especially on Bruce Brown. He, he brought it up court, spun off of him, and, you know, got an easy layup. Mm. Aside from that, I don't really have anything to say about this game. Other than, like, they, they should have won game one. They would have been in a great position then, up 2-1, and, like, with all the momentum, but they lost game one. Fucking Jeff T. I fucking hate Jeff T. I can't believe, I still can't believe he did that shit. Where he took that pull-up three when Giannis was running the floor. Fuck Jeff Teague. Um, I don't even think, like, that's not even one of those things where I'm like, fuck Jeff Teague. Ah, you know, uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. No, fuck Jeff Teague. I don't care. I don't care if he's a nice guy. I actually don't think he's a nice guy. I feel like I've seen enough dirty plays from him as well. Where I'm like, that's not the type of competitiveness that I can ever respect. And I just don't think he's a good basketball player. So, fuck Jeff Teague. Anyways... Uh, Suns, Nuggets. You know, if Michael Porter's not healthy, like, there's nothing they can do about it. Uh, Aaron Gordon. Like, they're just defensively, they just don't have enough. You know, and with Murray out, like, they don't have enough offense to make up for it. Uh, Will Barton came back. He looked pretty good. I feel like, I don't know if he has to start, but I think they definitely need more scoring punch. Because if you looked at that box score and you looked at the starters, it's it, it did not look pretty. It looked like early LeBron type stuff where Jokic had the nice, good game and then everyone else had like 7 points, 6 points, 4 points, 1 for 11 shooting, 4 for 15, shit like that. And that's what it looked like a lot. So I don't know, like Michael Porter is just not going to, like just going to get locked up. They're, like they have no chance of winning the series. And you know you got to give credit to the Suns. Like they're playing great on both ends. Like they're they're so fucking long with you know Mikel, CP, Aiden, Jay. Like they have the perfect balance of uh, vets and the young guys. You know Chris Paul, Crowder, and then you got the young guys and you know Devin, Mikel, Aiden. And the thing with the young guys is they're hungry. They want this shit. So. I don't know if that series is over. Like a lot of, with a lot of these series, you just have to wait for game three. That's when you really figure. That's when you have enough of a sample size on either coaching, like the other, like the losing coaching side, where you're like, oh, okay, so that's what we're doing wrong. That's what we have to do. So game three is what really matters, and we'll see what happens there. But for right now, it just doesn't look like they have enough. Um, the last series, Hawks. I think I already, I might have already talked about this. I, yeah, I think I did. So. Never mind on that. Uh, the last thing I would just wanted to talk about, not really for like a while or anything, maybe I will, I don't know, was Grey's Anatomy. Because a couple of years ago, one of my friends told me to watch it, and I thought it was going to be like a dumb show. I thought it was going to be one of those shows where... Because I, I think Twitter like made me not like Grey's Anatomy without me even watching it first. And now I make fun of those people that are like, oh, I could never watch Grey's Anatomy. Because, like, the first 10 seasons of it is, like, actually really good and really entertaining. The last seven or, yeah, I think it's on 17, so the last seven, have not been, like, it's been very hit or miss. Like, there's definitely been some seasons that were good, but for the most part, it's been, like, a 7 out of 10. Like, the first 10 are, like, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, 10 out of 10 seasons. Season 2 is incredible because 
There's 27 episodes. 27 episodes. Do you hear me? 27. And they're all 40 to like 55 minutes. And it's fucking great. Like all of them are good. I'm not, I haven't finished all, I haven't finished rewatching all season two. But I just had some thoughts on like, like you, you, you forget like some of the things because, you know, season one or two and it's on season 17. I've actually broken out of the shackles of the bad Grey's Anatomy. I don't watch it anymore. I watched the newest season, like the first half. And then went on when they went on their break, I just never went back to it. I was like, nope, not doing it. Um, so yeah, I think I've broken the shackles. I'm not going back to Grey's Anatomy. But my point was like, you forget like how some of the things started. So like the Christina and Meredith, you're my person thing. That started because Christina got pregnant and. Um, she had to put someone down to pick her up from the abortion clinic. So she wrote down Meredith, and she was like, you're my person. I'm going to call you. So, yeah, that's how the my person thing started. You're my person because Christina needed someone to pick her up from the abortion clinic. And season one, I still think the ending of it is one of the most incredible things ever because... <laughs> The, like, the whole episode, Derek's been ignoring, like, his pager, beeper, I don't know, whatever the fuck it's called. And it's been, uh, like, the whole the whole episode has been doing that. At the end of the episode, it's raining outside. Meredith goes up to Derek. She's like, I'm all in. You know, it's about to be us two. I'm all in. And Derek's like, bet we're all good. And then <laughs> in the background, you see Addison... And Addison walks up, and Der- Derek sees her walking up, and he looks at Meredith like, "Meredith, I'm, I'm so sorry." And then it happens the greatest, perhaps one of the greatest scenes in TV history, when Addison shows up, and she's like, "I'm Addison Shepherd," and Meredith looks at her and it's like, "Shepherd," and then Addison goes. Addison says the, probably the greatest line a season has ever ended on she goes yes I'm Addison Shepard and you must be the woman that's been screwing my husband and the look on Meredith's face is one of the best it's all it's honestly hilarious it's not it's not hilarious it is hilarious but it's not hilarious you know it's she's very obviously traumatized I I will say this though when Derek explains to her what the situation is like where Addison and him are broken up and you know she cheated on him Meredith's like I don't care I don't care that's not good enough I personally I feel like that is good enough like he like yeah he didn't tell her but it's still over with like they are broken up so that that I never understood where like she's still upset and I'm like you never told me it's the same thing with like Invincible on um what's it called yeah, Invincible, where Amber's like, oh, I, don't, I knew that you were super, I knew you were the superhero. I'm, I'm going to say you didn't tell me, but it's like, if he told you, you'd be in more fucking, like, you'd be in more danger. Like, that's the reason he didn't tell you. Like, it's, it doesn't even matter. Like, what's the big deal about it? It's not, it's not a big deal. And, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, but what if that happened to you? I honestly wouldn't care. If, it, if it's something like that, I honestly wouldn't care. And, um, 
what else happened? Uh, season one ended with obviously Addison showing up, but like half the clinic has to get checked for syphilis, and it, it probably all started from Alex. He's just been like spreading it. So George is dating. I forget, I'm forgetting her name, but the girl and she was with Alex, and you know George got syphilis from Alex through her, and then like half the clinic has. Is it a clinic or is it a hospital? Hospital. Half the hospital has syphilis now, and they have to like show they, like the old woman, like Richard's assistant, has to show the whole clinic how to like put a condom on. It's all very funny. I love the Preston and uh, Christina storyline too. Preston's so likable on the show. I know some people hate him, but I actually think like just watching it, he's so charismatic. His lines are perfect. His timing is perfect. I love him. Like, young Richard looks incredible. Um, what else? Derek looks all right. I'm, I'm fine. I'm at, I'm, I'm, when I'm doing my rewatch, I'm at the part where Mark just came back. And, you know, he's, he's in love with Addison. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, what am I talking about? I'm, no, I'm actually not. I, I'm actually not at that part. I only saw that on YouTube on a clip. I saw, like, a two-minute clip. I'm actually not that far ahead. I am at the part where, like, the white guy from, um, fuck, what's that show? Oh, fuck. The Power. Power. Yeah, that's the show. The white guy from Power, he's he's on Grey's Anatomy and he's pregnant. It's a he, like, he's actually a he and he's pregnant. So, I'm at that episode. It's very funny thing, like, people in prominent shows on other shows and they're playing someone not... Like, they're playing, like, a gag character. Like, Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine is on Modern Family. She's playing, like, uh, this crazy... Not crazy, but, like, goofy immigrant. Like, she's playing Gloria's sister, and she's very goofy. So, it's very funny seeing her as that. It's just funny seeing, like, where what, like, the roles people... Like, the roles actors were taking when they were, like, younger and just trying to make a name. So, yeah, the white guy from Power is on Grey's Anatomy playing a pregnant man. The other thing is, <laughs> Addison's like a real fuckboy for real. Like, for real, for real, she's a fuckboy. Because she looked at Derek and went, hold on, let me look at the line. Because I know I said it's, hold on, let me look at it real quick, real quick. Where'd I go? Fuck. I just had it. Yeah, she goes, Derek, have you ever thought that even if I am Satan and an adulterous bitch, that I still might be the love of your life? <laughs> Yo, she's like, that's some real shit, but it's also like, fuck, you're a fuckboy for real. You're really playing with my emotions. So she's like, yeah, I might be like a piece of shit, but you might deserve this piece of shit. Like, that's what you might actually deserve. So does that, like, make Derek a piece of shit? Because if he deserves her, then he must also be a piece of shit. I don't know, it's all very confusing. Like, it's a, it's a bar for sure, but it's also, like, damn. Like, it's actually not a bar. It's one of those things that sounds, like, pretty deep when someone first says it. And then you really think about it, you're like, no, that made no fucking sense at all. That made no sense at all. Like, I know I don't deserve Satan. I don't think... I don't think the love of my life is Lucifer. I don't think so. 
I don't think the love of my life is like an adulterous bitch. Like if it's just an adulterous, like I get it. Like some people take back like the cheating spouse, but you're an adulterous bitch. Like you're a bitch on top of that. I don't know then. If it, you just you, you just got you can't be both those things. You can be an adulteress and or you can be a bitch. You can't be an adulterous bitch. You can't be a mean cheater. Like that's too much. You you're doing too much now. So yeah, Addison's a fuckboy. And I will say this too, like uh, cuz she decides to move to um Seattle like Richard offers her a big paycheck. Oh, also the other thing is like Derek was making big money back then. Because I, I think Grey's Anatomy started in 2004, maybe? Something like that. 2004, 2005, somewhere around there. Derek was making $2 million a year. Jesus Christ. And when you think about the job he does, like, yeah, he very clearly deserves it. He's operating on brains and shit, so... Yeah, he deserves the money for sure. It's just... When I heard it, I was like, shit, that's a lot. Um, the, other thing, uh, the, the other thing was, like, a fucked up thing where it's, like, the bar... All of them go to the owner of it like he slips and he falls and he has to get surgery. And the thing is, you notice how fucked up the American system is because he he was like, no, I don't I don't want to get this surgery because I'm not going to be able to fucking afford it. You know, he's like, OK, one one thousand, two thousand, three. They're like, no, this is going to cost you a hundred fucking thousand. So it's like, fuck, like. Like, yeah, I might have broke my fucking leg. You know, I'm bleeding. I, I tore my ACL. But get a surgery? No, I, I don't think I can afford that. That's so fucked up. That's insane. Like, just imagine, like, you get, like, shot. And then you have to pay to get, like, that bullet removed. That's so fucked up. Like, why? that makes no sense. And then, like, they raise money to help pay for it. Actually, no, that's not what happened. I think George figured out, like, a loophole or something. But, like... Oftentimes what happens is like people will raise money to like pay for someone's surgery and it's like, oh, look at this. This is amazing. It's like, yeah, it's amazing, but it's also fucked up like that someone even has to do that. Like to like someone that like people have to raise money to pay for someone's surgery, which should be free. So like that, like you can I, I feel like you can probably pay the doctors that much still by like taking money away from like you know, billionaires and shit like that just taxed them more. And you could afford the do- the doctors and everything still. You could have, like, private doctors, like, the lead of the lead if they want to charge more money. But, like, the regular pretty good surgeons and all that stuff, that, that all should be free. It makes no sense that someone has to pay for it. Yeah, so that was my little rant on that. Did I have anything else to... Th- oh, yeah, I... So, Addison is leaving her, like, the place that I'm at Addison's leaving her practice because Richard offered her a job and I feel like Addison should have known that her and Derek weren't gonna work out when Derek was like no I'm not leaving Seattle and you and I we're gonna keep working at this hospital that Meredith also works at she should have known nothing was gonna work out like why would she even stay obviously you know he's trying to keep his options open and, you know, you can't be one step in and also one step out. You're not going to make a marriage work like that. So that was dumb of Addison. She she should have leaned in on her fuckboy activities and should have known. Like, she should have known a fuckboy activity when she sighed because she's also a fuckboy. So, like, you know, she let her fuckboy senses down. 
and she got burned by it. Like that's that just that's that just is what happened. And the last thing is, you know, I was upset the way Alex and his story ended because it was it was so rushed, right? Like that, that I'm still that I still think it's fucked up, where. You know, he was there one episode and now he's just not there anymore. He just leaves a fucking letter. So I thought that was dumb. But I don't mind the him and Izzy thing anymore. Because you forget how cute they were in the beginning. You know, when Meredith's like, oh, you, Alex, you're, you're blushing. And he, he actually was blushing when talking about Izzy. So, and Izzy, like, clearly likes him. And they do look good together. And they have, like, a nice chemistry going on. So... That was the last thing. Like, I do think they look good together. And I am i don't hate the Alex and Izzy thing as much anymore. Like, the story makes more sense. I just hate the way it was done. Because just one episode is there and now he's not there anymore. That, that didn't really make that sense to me. That didn't make that much sense to me. If he had, like, a whole two, three, four episodes that led up to it, then that would have made sense. And the final thing, because I already said last thing. So the, the last, last thing... Hey man, Miranda looks fucking amazing. Those those first two three seasons, she looks. It's, I, I didn't, I didn't even have words. I was like, holy shit. Um, I, my favorite scene of the whole series really happens in the second season. It's when, uh, <laughs> it's out like the way I'm gonna talk about it to begin. It doesn't sound great, but like just the uh, just the singular scene that I'm gonna talk about. That's my favorite with everything that's happened. It's the one that pulled my heartstrings the most. It's when Christina gets the abortion and she's... Actually, no, she doesn't have the abortion. She she gets sick while doing surgery. So they have to... Addison has to, like, remove, like, the baby. I don't... She had, like, a bleed in, like, the uterus or something like that. And, like, the baby, like, that's how... She got sick. So she's in the hospital and she's, like, going through all these emotions... And at the end of the episode, you know, she can't stop crying. You know, she can't control it. And then, you know, Meredith, Izzy, George, they're all trying to help her. And they can't control it. And you just see... And then there's, like, a cutscene. She's laying on the bed. Preston's walking by and he sees her. You know, he's, like, all dressed up. He's about to go home. He sees her laying on the, the hospital bed. Her mom's over there. And she's... You know, she. You can tell she's just been cried out. You can still see like some of the tears on her face, not like the dried up tears on her face. And Preston gets in the hospital bed with her. He puts his legs around her, kisses her on the forehead, and like that's how it ends. Like just a picture of like just it, the frame ends on both of them just laying in the hospital bed, and like he's he's holding her. I just that's my favorite scene in the whole show that's the scene that I probably like when I think of Grey's Grey's Anatomy that's what I think of first it's gonna be very tough when Preston's off the show again because I do think he's probably my favorite character him and Mark or later on Mark like all my favorite characters die or like leave the show but I do I do like Preston a lot so it's gonna be really sucky to see him go I don't know if I'm going to keep rewatching it after he leaves. I don't know. I'll see. Um, yeah, thank you for listening, everyone.
They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love you like I love you. Back up. They don't love you like I love you. Step down. They don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh love, they don't love you like I love you. Oh down, they don't love you like I love you. Something don't feel right because it ain't right, especially coming up after midnight. I smell your secrets and I'm not too perfect to ever feel this worthless. How did it come down to this? Scrolling through your call list. I don't wanna lose my pride, but I'ma fuck me up a bitch. Know that I kept it sexy and know I kept it fun. There's something that I'm missing, maybe my head for one. What's worst? Looking jealous or crazy? Jealous or crazy? Or like being walked all over lately? Walked all over lately? I'd rather be crazy. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love you like I love you. Back up. They don't love you like I love you. Step down. They don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love you like I love you. Let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself. A master wealth they had you labeled as a king. Never made it out the cage to lock that moving in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheets. Would they be down to ride now? They used to hide from you, lie to you, but y'all know we were made for each other. So I find you and hold you down. Missing six. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. They don't love you like I love you. Back up. They don't love you like I love you. Step down. They don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up. They don't love you like I love you. Slow down. Love you like I love you. Oh, don't. Don't love you like I love you. 